Hey there, this is Brandy and Shelly and Ron Nizzle. And you're listening to Working Wild Black, a real dialogue about being black women in the workplace. Stay tuned for more. Before we get into today's podcast, we want to thank everybody for the awesome feedback yes. on our first episode. Like, y'all got us in here feeling like yes. <laughs> really good. Um, but no, honestly, the, the support that we've gotten online, on our social media, on Facebook and Instagram, in person, mm-hmm. text messages, all the love <laughs> is just Huge, y'all. Yes, Please awesome. keep it coming. Continue to spread the word and get everybody talking about we're getting wild black. Yes. <laughs> so we posted some questions on our Facebook and our Instagram and both under the tag working while black. And this is what you guys had to say. So on the question, what do you think is the most frustrating aspect of working while black? Some common themes were um, we do all the work. <laughs> we are asked to be the black face of the organization, mm-hmm. uh, not being trusted uh, for our skills and knowledge, and lack of recognition, uneven playing field, overlooked for positions that we're qualified for. And of course, the angry black mm-hmm. woman syndrome. Attitude. <laughs> Tone, attitude, all of that, which leads us into today's topic which is white girl victimization. So what exactly is white girl victimization? In an article published in The Guardian, white girl victimization was described as a tactic many white women employ to muster sympathy and avoid accountability by turning the tables on their abusers. And just to explain a little bit more about what that means exactly, I found this Twitter um, response from Sister Outside at the Feminist Griot, and the way she puts it is just so on point. So I'm going to share that with our listeners today. So she, she states, and I quote, Almost every black woman I know has a story about a time in a professional setting in which she attempted to have a talk with a white woman about her behavior and has ended up with the white woman crying. The white woman wasn't crying because she felt sorry and was deeply remorseful. The white woman was crying because she felt bullied and or that the black woman was being too harsh with her. I wish the world stopped when I cried. But the world doesn't work like that for women like me. I am not against tears at work, but don't weaponize your tears to get out of being accountable to another. It's violence. It's so easy to assign the label of a bully and aggressive to black femme bodies while white women get to be victims while they enact unspeakable violence and erasure at the workplace. They don't send the infantry to save black women like me. I have been given loads of quote unquote feedback shrouded in anti-blackness and misogynoir that was dehumanizing, but I had to take it and smile while taking it. Crying was the last thing I could do, even though that's what I wanted to do. Mm. But a black woman with no formal power at a job can't give a white woman who's legit being violent feedback because her tears stop everything and possibly get that black woman fired or blackballed. That's not unconscious bias, folks. 
That is white women using their femininity as a weapon and tool of white supremacy to silence a black woman. That method is as old as chattel slavery. If you are a white woman and you are reading this thread, you can see for yourself how many black women have suffered from this same old tired act. Cut it out, Karen. And that again was taken from Sister Outsider at the Feminist Grill. Come on, sister. (laughs) Like, this is bigger than just our frustration. Not that that's not enough. Like, Mm -hmm. frustration is big enough. enough. Mm -hmm. But it's a thing. So much of a thing that articles have been written about it. And even a journalist by the name of Lisa Benson Cooper, who worked for 14 years in her field. So we know sister was killing it. Like, Mm -hmm. you, 14 years um, at KSHB TV was fired for sharing the same article that we're talking about. And when you Google white girl victimization, what do you find? Nothing. (laughs) Nothing that talks about white women. You see stuff using missing white women white male victimization, anxiety, the hoax of black uh, victimization, and those who enable it. And then you happen to see things about um, police shootings where white women were around, (laughs) but nothing about white girl Mm -hmm. victimization. And like not in the workplace and yeah. Like where the connection just isn't there. (laughs) That's crazy. But yet here we are. Stuck experiencing this very real thing in such isolation. And what's so frustrating about that is that in the meanwhile, tears are seen as currency. They're batting of the eyes. The poor me talk damsels in distress. They they embody those things. Our employers are comfortable using black women to bully other black women. But when we as black women hold white women accountable for their wrongdoing, then the tears start, and then we as black women are suddenly the aggressors. Making my comments jokes, but I'm dead ass serious. <laughs> and I think for me, it makes me want to unpack who we are as black women historically, and maybe how that makes some white women think that like they can get away with it, or maybe it even impacts like how we respond to these situations at work when <clears throat> excuse me at work when you know white women are like crying and we kind of show up to fix but I think historically when we look at the characterization of black women mm-hmm. we've always been viewed as women of strength mm-hmm. we're not that damsel mm-hmm. in distress yep. think about those big mama references you know where Mamie's and the mm-hmm. Aunt Jemima like we fix it I even remember reading an article about Megan Markle's mom you know, showing up and just being supportive for her daughter and just being like that fixer. I see shirts, t-shirts being sold that glamorize, you know, that part of who we are. But I think the flip side of that is sometimes it's used against us. And I think white women victimization is like a classic example of how our strength is used against us because it diminishes like our Mm -hmm. feelings. It's like, man, I want to be able to cry if my feelings Mm -hmm. are hurt. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't work out for us in that way. It's almost like we're not allowed to have like a weakness or not be able to show up and do our jobs. That expectation is different for us, which ultimately is so unfair. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Our our weakness is our our strength when it's turned into a weakness Mm -hmm. is used against us. Like we're not allowed to be weak. Like you can't you can't don't come in my office crying about something unless you're coming with a solution oh, on yeah, how yeah. to fix it. Um, there's never an opportunity to just vent about how you feel if you're not coming with a solution approach to it. 
Absolutely. And then thinking about even in the media, like here we are being portrayed, you know, as strong, but white women being perceived and portrayed as the, in the media as delicate, that they mm-hmm. needed to be, you know, they need to be protected and shielded and just how that all comes to life in the workplace it's frustrating, it's scary, and if I really had to put a word to it, you know, just thinking about some examples I've experienced, it's traumatic, Mm -hmm. you know, it's traumatic for us um, in the workplace when, you know, basically it ends up being like preferential treatment Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. white women, and some of them actually are like using it to their advantage, Mm -hmm. so um, do you think we lean into it? What do you mean by that? Do you think that we end up... Because we're viewed as the fixers, mm-hmm. we're not. We're less likely to ask for help when we need it because we don't think we're going to get it. I think that's part of it. I think the other part of it is also maybe subconscious. It's who I am. Mm-hmm. You know, in my personal life. Because you life, have to be? Exactly. Okay. In my personal life, it's who I am. And I don't necessarily separate that from when I'm walking in the door. Mm-hmm. And I think that is the other part, you know... I think as a black woman, if I'm coming to my supervisor and I'm shedding a tear or I'm asking for help, please know that I have exhausted every other option. This is not the first assignment. And then for me, the worst thing you can do as my supervisor in a situation like that is let me down. Disappoint me. Don't show support. Because then that's going to further, for me, reinforce the fact that I do have to be able to be a fixer and figure it out myself because I can't can't on you. Right. I can't, I can't be vulnerable. Be. And so I don't know if it's a if I we lean into it, I think it's like, you know, once you show me that I can't, then it further reinforces, all right, I gotta be this mm-hmm. person even here. Right. I think it's also interesting. I think back to sometimes in jobs where we're told to assume that someone's coming from a positive place mm-hmm. and we make that <laughs> assumption um, or a, a white woman may make that assumption mm-hmm. until they're up against us. Right. And then we're combative. Right. And then we're problem solved, mm-hmm. uh, starters. It's never coming from that same positive place that you wanted me to think that your feedback or your examples came from. Right. How is it that mine can't mm-hmm. be that same right. way? Now I'm the aggressor. (laughs) But you did the same thing. Take those same words and put them in a white Mm -hmm. in a white woman's mouth, and you know she's trying to fix the issue. Exactly. But put it in mine, and now Mm -hmm. I'm the aggressor. I'm part of the problem. I'm part of the problem. I think back to a time where I had to manage someone in a position where they were um, arguing was a a white woman who was arguing with a woman of color, Mm -hmm. um, and. I literally had to take my employee to lunch. Mm-hmm. Like, I was given the card to take her to lunch mm-hmm. so that we could figure out why she was so upset mm-hmm. when she was the aggressor. Mm-hmm. So, is, is that That's the point of, like, why, are my, why, why do your tears get you free pizza yeah. right. and my tear gets me a, a sit in the office and I need to talk about my my um, choice of words. <laughs> like an email documentation. And... Exactly. <laughs> right, yeah. Crazy. Or sitting in staff meetings and we have a woman who mm-hmm. happens to be white mm-hmm. and uh, she is a peer of ours and mm-hmm. she asks for feedback. Mm-hmm. And when given feedback that would hold her accountable mm-hmm. to outcomes, she took every bit of that feedback 
personally. Mm. She turned it around as <laughs> if I was coming for her mm-hmm. throat. Mm-hmm. When re- in reality, she asked for the feedback and mm-hmm. I honestly gave her the feedback. Mm-hmm. And almost instantly, mm-hmm. tears started to roll. Mm-hmm. Tears started to roll. And I, I made a point and I made a conscious decision at that time not to allow her to fall into the role mm-hmm. of victim. So I kept telling her and giving her the feedback mm-hmm. that she requested in an honest and authentic way in mm-hmm. hopes that it would impact her to make some changes. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, what I found myself doing just because again, like I said, this very much is a traumatic thing is like operating out of fear Um like not wanting to rock the boat because I don't know, like if I say this to you, are you going to break down crying mm-hmm. or are you going to mm-hmm. tell on me or am I going to be fired? And what happens as a result is, you know, it makes you afraid to like use your voice. You can't be when, authentic. Yeah, you yeah. can't be authentic. And I remember actually being in a setting where, you know, um, one of my white colleagues said something I didn't quite agree with, you know, her point or I felt like it, it could have been further developed. And I was sitting next to a black male and he noticed, you know, my eyebrows raised and kind of like, uh, I want to say something. And I was really afraid to. And he actually had to say to me, um, you know, in this space, it's OK to say, you know, we want to hear those thoughts. We want to hear those thoughts. And I really had to say to him, I've come from a work experience mm-hmm. where as a black woman, mm-hmm. when you say things, you know, offering feedback to white women, it's used against you negatively. And it's almost like being shell-shocked or having, you know, it was really in that moment, it was so real to me just how my experiences with white, you know, girl victimization had negatively Mm -hmm. impacted me and my freedom with sharing my opinions. And I was like, wow, that's not who I want to be. Like, my authenticity in that moment was just like, wow, on on the line. And that was crazy to me. So... Thinking about, you know, the Me Too movement, how do you think, you know, or do you think at all, even with the Me Too movement, do we see white girl victimization taking on a role in this movement? Woo, yeah, a, I know, a, I know, it's such a heavy hit I question. You want that? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. What do you think, Shelly? I mean, it absolutely, because it, it does. It shows up there. Mm-hmm. Um, because when you think about the movement that mm-hmm. started almost a decade ago, mm-hmm. um, that was a black, a woman, black woman with that yeah. hashtag. Mm-hmm. But when it came out into the limelight and people, mm-hmm. it started to catch some traction, mm-hmm. it became Rose McGowan, mm-hmm. Alyssa Milano. These people mm-hmm. are not women Mm -hmm. of color Mm -hmm. but they were the ones who were out in front and it Mm -hmm. made it look like it was all new thing right it just started you know Mm -hmm. um so it definitely plays a role Mm -hmm. in that that Mm -hmm. their their experiences Mm -hmm. seem seem to be taken more seriously um and it's more it it needs to be addressed Mm -hmm. immediately versus ours absolutely um and our pain is not equal their wow do you see a possible solution like in the workplace mm-hmm. how do you even like address something like that how is I that something that we take a question. step forward to uh, like do can you eliminate 
that role or that that part of things? You can't eliminate it, I don't mm-hmm. think, as long as you're working with people. Mm-hmm. But I do think that it's our responsibility to call it when we see it. Okay. You call it when you see it. Mm-hmm. You let people know when they're falling into that role of victimization or okay. being a victim. And mm-hmm. give them strategies to help them find their strength so that they're not always leaning towards being a victim. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think you also have to work with people who are open to accepting that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, I, the examples that I think we've shared, or I know that I've experienced, mm-hmm. there were people who I know aren't going to, mm-hmm. they're always okay. going to play that role. Mm-hmm. Okay. They're going to play their role here. They're going to play their role at home. They're going to play their role mm-hmm. in the next job that mm-hmm. they may have. Mm-hmm. And I think it's also knowing those people that you work with. Mm-hmm. And if they are not even just, you know, we, we talked about having allies right. within, right. you yes. know, our, our within our podcast. We right. talk about, you know, working while black but there's some allies out there who come from a different walk of life and are more open to hearing that from us um and i think you have to identify who those people are that Mm -hmm. you work with that you work around that are open and willing to say how do i change that Mm -hmm. like i have a um a friend's co-worker Mm -hmm. who has heard our podcast Mm -hmm. who has came to me and said I'm a white woman, Mm -hmm. and I know that this podcast probably is not geared to (laughs) me, but we need to hear that in order to grow. Um, In order for me to work in environments where I'm working with women of color and respecting them as my equals, Mm -hmm. um, I need to know when I'm doing wrong. But she is few. Absolutely. So few (laughs) in that she's open to saying you know, how can I change? Mm -hmm. How do I stop that? How do I not make myself Mm -hmm. the victim? Mm -hmm. And if I am doing something that is offensive to you, Mm -hmm. how do we address that without me making you uncomfortable? Right. Right. Um, Wow. Right. Right. I think that's an important step. And I mean, at this point, maybe, you know, it's a one by one thing, you know, it's just slow and steady Mm -hmm. to, to win the race because in all honesty, just the great majority of the experiences I've had, you know, haven't been with white women who have been that open to like seeing their role in mm-hmm. it. Um, and so I don't know about you, but I'm interested in learning, you know, and hearing what it is our listeners out there and um, our followers on Instagram and feedback think about, you know, white girl victimization yes. in the show today. So I guess in closing, you guys, thanks for listening. We certainly hope you tune in again. But definitely, let's keep this conversation going on Instagram and on our Facebook at Working While Black. Because it only gets better from here.